Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I am Andy. Sitting across the table from me is Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Let's get right into it. The Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Well, we should really call it Mimosa Mayhem. Well, as listeners will know, that is the title of this episode that you are listening to now, and uh, shall we begin? Yeah. Let's crack this open. We're doing mimosas. We've got our old favorite Fresnet, which is a cava, some simply orange pulp free. Woo! <laughs> oh, it just just came everywhere. It came oh, it like overflowed. <laughs> All right, well, I'll deal with that in a second. All right, Megan, on to you. Okay, so I was I found out about Mimosa Mayhem too late, and I drank all my mimosas yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I have beer. <laughs> it's not even the champagne of beers, but um, it'll have to work in this particular instance. So well, I have Ryan Geist truth. No. Oh. No, I've got Ryan Geist, but this time I've got Cloud Harvest O2, which is an unfiltered juicy IPA. Oh. And let's see. Yeah, it says, um, dust off your bather- bathers and budgie smugglers. I don't know what that is. It budgie sounds bad. Budgie smugglers like a banana hammock. Ew. Ew. Well, okay. Dust those off. The endless summer beckons. Sun shimmers on the southern land to the sound of waves crashing over rocks. Toss me a coldie, ya ripper. Okay, so I guess this is supposed to be like, I don't know. Yes. Um, but it has notes of pineapple, mango, and tangerine. So that's oh. sort of, uh, it's in the family of mimosa, I think. Feels like you could just add some orange juice to that and call it a, a bermosa. Oof, yeah, but maybe that, would, maybe that would be bad. <laughs> so, cracking it open. Satisfying. Yes, yeah, not as satisfying as that uh, champagne cork pop, but I'll take it. Well, we even, I even went a little extra special since it was Mimosa Mayhem Day. And I cut up some strawberries and raspberries. Andy, would you like a strawberry or raspberry in your mimosa? Uh, yes. One of each, please. One of each? Getting fancy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Trying to be. It's not often that Jenny sees something that she likes on an AEW program, so. It's <laughs> not, not in these COVID times. It's not. Well, it's been an interesting week for uh, Elite Wrestling as they, as they made the switch to... As they made the switch to Saturday night, uh, because of NBA requirements on TNT on Wednesday, and uh, in fact, they ended up actually going even later than anticipated, as the show did not start until 6:30 p.m. last night, uh, because an NBA game went over. So, what that means for ratings, I guess we'll find out. But um, for now, uh, let's just get right into it. Megan Dynamite, take us away. Oh. I do- no BTE? Oh, yeah, BTE. I, um, I didn't watch BTE. <laughs> I forgot all about it, actually. Oh, I did. Megan, take but us through being the elite. <laughs> I didn't write down everything that Megan, happened. Megan, tell us Just... anything you remember about being the elite. <laughs> oh, God, the pressure. Okay, you didn't watch BTE, but there was uh, a segment with the best friends. They want to murder Brandon still because that failed, obviously. And they're walking around with various weapons. Chuck has, I believe... I don't know what Chuck has, I didn't write it down, but Trent has an actual razor blade, 
like box cutter which seems legitimately dangerous and orange has a small flashlight and they're like we got to go kill brandon and then brandon shows up and they all hide their weapons and, <laughs> and are like oh it's fine it's fine hey brandon and they try to be nice to him and then he's like hey did you guys ever come up with a gimmick because i need a gimmick and then they get this look on their face and they're like we'll come up with something and he walks away and then they like resolve to kill him for real because i think they were gonna let him go but he bothered them about a gimmick um there is a for the speaking spanglish there's a court where dasha is presiding as the judge and it's marvez representing uh oh i don't remember oh marco it's marvez representing marco because if you remember the last segment was them talking about like doing rumors whatever the spanglish word for rumors was and it went around that maybe marco is sporting you know like a little guy a little marco a little little marco it's not packing much nope and marco's upset by this and the the torment it has caused him backstage so it's marvez representing marco versus uh santana and ortiz dasha's judging and they start to fight and then dasha says order in the court and the dark order show up and it's our two favorites john silver and alex reynolds and they're like oh hey did somebody say order as in dark order and they're like no no get it get the hell out of here and so they chase them away but um they you know it's just a fun dark order showing up and then nothing gets resolved in court except that uh dasha decides i'm sticking with my boy santana and ortiz sorry sorry marco and so she rules in favor of them and then they start another rumor along with um the announcer guy whose name i forget but he comes in and he's like oh you got some more gossip yep yep so there's more gossip going around but they don't it's about marvez so (laughs) we'll see if that comes back to haunt him later um there was also i believe there was another dark order segment and it was funny but like you know it's them back in their little hideout with uh brody lee coming in and yelling at them so i didn't write down too many of the details of that um my favorite part and something i thought you would have appreciated and i i knew there was a reason i didn't get a text about it from you but there's a moment where matt calls up uh i think it's brandon and so we just get his side of the conversation and he says hey we need something to put in 50 over 50 i didn't do anything didn't film anything this week and so he's talking on his iphone and he goes yeah you know it can be anything it's just got to be something boring and slow and plotting and then you he pauses for brandon to respond you don't hear it and he goes well that's a good idea but i don't think wwe is going to license out a randy orton match so sick burn I, that's a sick burn i heard i heard that joke relayed by dave Meltzer, and he did not do it justice so it was so good that sounds pretty good yeah so i recommend just going and watching for that the actual 50 over 50 segment was not one of my favorites because it was brandon building a gaming pc which i don't know really speaks to the over 50 crowd but it is what he's good at pc like a like a computer tower that's made for gaming so it's got lights and stuff and it's real fast and i don't know i don't know how many 50 year olds find that appealing i don't think many it's like you buy all the components separately and then put it together yourself yeah 
Yeah, which if you want to see a good version of that, I mean, go check out Henry Cavill's Instagram. He did a whole, like, video about it, and he was much more entertaining. And hotter. Most over 50-year-olds I know are scared of technology. It just struck me as kind of... I missed the planting flowers and the end jokes about how wrestling has changed in these young kids today. It it's like okay, Brandon put together a gaming PC, I guess. So like how how much did they condense it down? Oh, very much. It was uh literally like about fifty seconds. They just showed like plug in this first and then you plug in this and then you plug in this and it was like him placing components. It it wasn't like an in depth like tech breakdown. Okay. So Jenny, what did uh, what did you learn today about the uh, the over fifty demographic? They're not inclined to try new products. That's right. So while they have money, they're pretty set in their ways. So advertisers don't care as much about them. Exactly. Is so this like domain they... knowledge you picked up from your your work? No. Just marketing mm-hmm. knowledge. Jenny was wondering why the over 50 demographic isn't as valued as 18 to 30 or 18 to 49. Oh, Because you yeah. had mentioned specifically it was about money spending. And I said, well, the people 50 plus probably has, have the most money to spend. You know, probably that sweet spot of like 50 before retirement. Because mm-hmm. you're making the most in your career at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what kind uh, of cookies you like by then. Yeah. yeah you're not going to change your brand. Yeah. Some would say you're a little more ornery about having to change brands at that point. I know mm. my parents are. I'm super... I, I like my brands, but I will try new things. But once I find a brand and a thing I like, I'm not going to buy another brand yeah. of that same thing. Right. So you're not their ideal candidate. That's okay. Can you explain to me why the episode was called Gold Man? Oh, Gold I can. Man. Because I feel like it was maybe really stupid um so you know how colt when we last saw him something real bad happened to him and the uh best friends were so obsessed with incorporating gold into murdering brandon for some reason so whatever they did to colt at the very end of the episode we see from his point of view the camera is um it's got a gold tint because I think they've golded him, just like Game of Thrones, as I said. Okay. And he's wandering around backstage, and he goes up to the dock and is like, help me, help me. And the guy goes, Scotty, you're gold, man. And then that's it. That's oh. the joke. Scotty Goldman. Yeah. Like his WWE name. Yeah. Okay. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, how much lead up... Like, like, at what point did this, they decide, this is the punchline? I gotta think back when the best friends were planning. Yeah, I don't know. Alright, well, <laughs> that sounds like an exciting episode. I actually do kind of want to see Brandon Cutler put a computer together, so I might watch that. Yeah, and you'll get to see the, the joke, and the delivery is very good. And um, the Dark Order, they also... I wrote down a note, I can't remember the context of it, other than I think Silver and... Reynolds were talking about how they're the new recruitment specialists, and they got a new shirt, so you can see that on there, too. It just says Silver and Reynolds recruitment specialist. And 
they're like trying to think of who they should go for next because this is their whole job and so silver's like moxley's a huge dark order mark and reynolds is like no i think he hates us <laughs> so they move on he's like who else could we get and then um they each lift list off a bunch of people and they come up with tom arnold sinbad and Polly shore Whoa. so the dark order i think they're gonna expand okay but yeah the recruitment specialists are on it that sounds okay yeah they're funny just like every week the dark order is the highlight of bte for me i they're so good at the comedy they're really good it's almost like that kind of all paid off on this week's dynamite in a weird way Indeed. So, what did you think of the uh, of the semifinals of the women's tag team cup tournament? I thought that I hope, even though the Nightmare Sisters won, they don't book themselves to win the whole thing. Okay. Because i <laughs> i predicted I predicted Evelise and Diamante, and I really I would have liked to see the Swall family move on, honestly, but. I, I wasn't as surprised as I should be that Nightmare Sisters moved forward. My favorite spot of the entire tournament, I think, was um, Lil Swole wiping out QT Marshall with a dive and then Brandy running over to check on him, only for you to realize that she was checking on her action figure and just left him laying. That's really adorable. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, QT. No love. Because Allie had also, Lil Swole was diving for Allie, and Allie just abandoned QT. Like, he had been helping her up, and she's just like, bye, you can take this hit. And then Brandy runs over, and it's like, nope, I don't care for you either. Where's Lil Bran Bran? Yeah. So I liked that. I, I thought the match was good. I, I agreed with you that, um, I thought I was of two minds about it, because I like Big and Lil Swole as a team, but if the Nightmare Sisters were going to win... Like, if what happened on Dynamite was going to happen, I'm glad it was the Nightmare Sisters who lost. Because I felt yes. like that meant more, because they had, they had like, history, and they were, like, 7-0 and as a team and all that. Yeah, seeing it play out, and it's weird, because it all happened w within the time we're recording one show about it, so we obviously yeah. know the outcome, but, yeah, it the payoff worked out. At the time, I was like, oh... Is Brandy going to book herself a win? Is that what's happening? And then, of course, it was uh, Ty Conti and uh, Anna J, Tay J, losing to Ivelisse uh, and Diamante. And I was sad because I love, you know, I, you know how I love Ty Conti, but, but uh, you know, Ivelisse and Diamante, I think, are a legitimately good team. And I think, I think it was probably the right call. I think the sum of their parts is greater. You think the whole is greater than the sum of their parts? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that was a rough match one-on-one -on -one against each other mm -hmm. when um, Ivelisse first appeared. <clears throat> Even the Diamante versus Sheeta match the next week was kind of funky. It wasn't very good, yeah. I wasn't feeling great about her at that point. Yeah. Maybe they'll keep them together and start to build out a women's tag team division because if there's a cup and somebody wins it you'd think that we'd be getting more ladies tag team wrestling but currently the nightmare sisters are the only 
truly established team besides Ivelisse and Diamante. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I Okay, we'll, we'll talk about it after we get to it on Dynamite, but I, I think we should talk about the like the tournament as a whole and what it meant and, you know, how okay. we feel about it. Works for me. The, um, the finals of the tournament are on Dynamite, and welcome this week to Saturday Night Dynamite, which just sounds like a party. <laughs> I kind of wish it was on Saturday every time. You know, flows better than Thursday Night Dynamite. It's Wednesday Night Dynamite. Oh, Thursday's when I watch it. <laughs> I mean, it is going to be Thursday Night Dynamite this week. <laughs> okay. They're moving. They're just moving all over the schedule. It's well, then Friday is going to be when I watch it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Saturday Night Dynamite. I think that just sounds fun. So we dive right in the show. Uh, there's no prep. We just see FTR and Private Party already in the ring. And Tully Blanchard is with FTR. He's wearing an FTR coat, which makes me think they're more than just friends. And FTR gets the win over Private Party. Dax uh, Harwood gets to pin Mark Quinn after both of the FTR men do the Goodnight Express on them. Him. This is one of my favorite uh, FTR matches. Uh, and one of my favorite private party matches so far. I think the only private party match, as far as just like a straight two-on-two match that I've liked more, was that first one they had against the Young Bucks. In the first tag team tournament? Yeah. I really like this. I, I think there's something about having contrasting styles that works really well. And... Well, private party and Young Bucks don't have contrasting styles. No, I'm talking about this match. Oh, okay. Uh, and, like, there's obviously, you know, you can see Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers for a you know, the same styles also work well together. But for this match, I thought that they, they contrasted each other really well. And in FTR, they work like kind of an old school style, but they don't work at old school speed. They work at AEW speed. Like they're, they're doing more of like old school strategy stuff, but it's it's like still like rapid fire. They're never, there aren't any like rest spots or anything. They're just moving, 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 making tags in and out. And, and yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And this was the contrast of styles I was expecting for literally the first FTR match because that's their whole deal is, you know, no flips, just kicks. So seeing it in play really... It's fists. It's fists. You say it kicks every week. It's fists. Uh, I don't listen to their slogan, guys. I just know the idea of it. They've been they saying don't it like since what NXT. I like. They don't like what I like. You can kick. They kick. They cheat a lot too. Now they're the yeah. bad boys. Yeah, they they get to be kind of un um, untethered now that they have like kind of turned heel. Yeah, I mean they, for a tag team that touts how by the book they are with their tags, they did an illegal tag, and Aubrey Edwards had to fight with them over it. That's right. I saw uh, on Twitter I'll... that Dax uh, did comment. He said like. He apologized to Aubrey Edwards for making an illegal tag. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's still not following the rules, though. Right. And aren't they going to be up in arms about the lack of tag ropes? Because those still haven't been added to Daly's place yet. They were there. They were there for their match. Were they? Mm-hmm. They made quite an ordeal about them. 
I don't no. know if, if Private Party's corner had them, but F- FDR's corner definitely did. Private Party's had them too, but they weren't like, they weren't trying to like show up the tag groups. Mm-hmm. I thought that the FTR trunks were incredibly ill-fitting. <laughs> on it both was, of them? On Yeah, it was really distracting. I don't know if it was the color or the material, but like they kept... Um, creasing in between their butt cheeks like i don't know if they didn't have enough <laughs> layers underneath but it kept you kept seeing the butt crease and i really i, I don't like it, it you makes, hate that butt crease huh? i do i do and then they did like an overhead view and you could kind of see into the crack of one of their butts and i wasn't comfortable with that and then there was um when they would like lean over you could kind of see their the outline of their their balls yeah <laughs> you can whisper it but you're still saying it ball watch 2020 oh yeah. exactly i thought uh, tully was really good in this match too like as the manager has tully left sean spears no sean spears was out with him last week uh doing during the angle with the uh, rock and roll express okay so i think it, if nothing else this just allows opportunities for there to be yet another trio in aew well, Sean yeah. Spears never found his tag team partner. Mm-mm. And, you know, COVID kind of put the search on hold. Yeah, yeah. Sur- hashtag search for Spears got really uh, really COVID affected. Yeah. Jenny's making awful face. Oh. What happened? Oh, the strawberry with the orange is when you eat it. What? Something oh. terrible has occurred. The strawberry with the orange juice? Yeah, the strawberry... It tasted good. The mimosa tasted good with a little bit of the strawberry leaking into the mimosa. Uh-huh. But when you go to eat the strawberry, it's so bitter from the orange juice. Oh my goodness. I don't like the idea of strawberry, like, leaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. where you lost me. Sorry there. Okay, so, uh, yeah. FTR gets the win. I think it's cool that Tully manages appears to be managing them now too because they're not going to be like opponents to Sean Spears since they are a tag team so it seems like Tully Tully's a manager he should be allowed to manage multiple people but we'll get back to them a little bit later Uh, the next thing we see is a promo from John Moxley who is standing in a dark area with a fence behind him and he talks about how the MJF campaign has been fun it's been good television but if mjf really wanted a list of all his faults he should have gotten in touch with his wife she could give him pages <laughs> so he's good spirited about this <laughs> uh his he free says, agent wife oh yeah so maybe she can show up with a handwritten list and personally deliver it these Lexicon days of uh john moxley's faults moxley He's like, okay, that's been fun. But where he comes from, the toughest guys don't have to say much or hide behind their words. So what's MJF hiding? He does compliment him, though. He says, MJF, you know, you are the future, and I hope you fulfill your potential one day to become the world champion and carry the company forward another 25 years because God knows I'm not going to be around for 25 more years. But when that day comes, it won't be on September 5th. So he believes in his future, but 
I, he still wants to hold on to that AEW title a bit longer. I thought this was great. I really liked it. Uh, I, I The only thing that, to me, was weird was when he started talking about how, you know, MJF lives in his parents' basement and is a virgin. Because those things, to me, don't, like... that. That's not, like, what MJF's character is to me at all. No. No, that was... I was like, ooh. Yeah, those are, like, cheap, cheap laugh shots. Yeah. And they didn't even make it, sense. Right. Yeah. And they feel outdated. Like, that's yeah. old humor. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that kind of showed his age a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, you know, everything before that was good. Moxley is, uh, he's a great promo. Yeah, he really did well at putting over the guy who he's going to beat, which is always a good thing. So it it makes sense that after that Moxley promo, we go straight to MJF, who has a response. He is standing with his posse. He's wearing a neck brace. And he also is clutching a walker. <laughs> so I guess he really came away from last week's attack very injured. Everyone around him looks totally normal, except for poor Nina, who is smiling like there is no tomorrow, and it's so unnatural and sad. <laughs> She's got her lo- jaws locked down in a smile, but nothing is alright. No, the eyes. The eyes are screaming in pain. <laughs> MJF, with Nina there, screaming with her eyes, um, he starts talking about how there, there have been homicidal maniacs, Genghis Khan, Castro, Napoleon, but all of them, all of these people in history pale in comparison to Dictator John. And he calls John a coward for attacking him from behind instead of facing him head on. And he gets so fired up that he like hurts himself and causes himself to stumble a little. So his lawyer, who is standing next to him, Mark Sterling, has to take over to deliver the rest of this message. He says the paradigm shift is deadly and should be banned. So he and his team went online and put up a petition to to get it banned, and they got five million signatures. Because of this, the paradigm shift should be banned and will be banned as long as Moxley is willing to sign a contract that is agreeing to this. And it's just for the match with he and MJF at All Out. No paradigm shifts. Too deadly. I don't think Mega is going to agree with this contract signing. The lawyer was uh, Mark Sterling, a.k.a. Smart Mark Sterling, a.k.a. the Phil Jackson of wrestling action figure collecting. Oh, I thought you were going to say a.k.a. the Hammer. And I'm the Hammer, too! No, he is not the Hammer. He is a independent pro wrestler oh. uh, who is the third host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast with Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Oh, wow. You got Matt Cardona in there and changes are a-coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, as for the petition... You're not about to say it's a real thing, are you? Oh, it's a real thing. Unfortunately, uh, it's a little short of 5,000... Or it's a little short of 5 million signatures. Did they get 5,000? It's, it's at 4,454 at this moment. 
Yeah. <laughs> I would have signed a petition for Pentagon to not use his pile driver again. We should have started <laughs> the Pentagon, like, a petition for Pentagon yeah. to not use his pile driver again. I didn't have go a lawyer. To, mm. Go to change.org and grassroots this operation. Yeah. That's hilarious. I wonder how many signatures came in after this show aired. I don't know. Versus, versus don't like, know. prior. I should have checked it, like, right when I watched it this morning. I mean, how would you have known? Well, yeah, this morning, but like that prior still to this, been after. No. how would you have known of its existence? I thought Mark Sterling's promo was better than MJF's. Yeah. I don't He's really good. know what it meant when he said that he was going to sue him so hard that he would have to part his hair to poop. Because uh, he was going to sue his ass so hard, so I I don't know. Like, is it like kicking his ass up into his head? I guess so. It, and yeah, the mechanics of that eluded me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. But hey, he's got confidence. And if he's an independent wrestler, maybe he'll end up taking a bump at the contract signing. Because we know Mega's not I going to. I would not be to. surprised. Mega would totally be willing to take a bump, but they wouldn't <laughs> want to put her in that position. That was not a slight on Mega, it's just <laughs> that she's not a professional wrestler. <laughs> Well, that'll be fun. Okay, so um, we find out that there's a contract signing for this match next week, so I'm assuming this is all rolled into it as well. Yeah, they still got two weeks to kill. Yeah. <laughs> yep, they do. I hope we get Mega next week. I think we might. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It seems like because MJF is part of AEW, she should be his lair by default. Yeah. Like when Michael Scott tried to bring his own lawyer in to protect himself against sexual harassment claims or something. Mm. And the company's like, we pay for a lawyer. You don't have to have your own. Mega is your lawyer, MJF. And she's probably better at it than poor Mark Sterling. All right. Moving on. We've got another tag team match. This show is full of them. This is an eight-man yeah, natural... I think, no- I think you were the one, Megan, who said on the uh, the tag team appreciation night that this like this whole promotion is like tag team appreciation night every week anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, you can go out of your way for it, but <laughs> they just do it. No. I was starting when this happened, and it was like, okay, the second match of the night is also a big giant tag team match. I started to think, how many singles wrestlers do they actually have and why are we not seeing them as much? Like, are they all injured? Like, like who? I, I don't know. I was just trying to think of the singles roster because it seems like... I, I, I feel like it's it's been a tag team heavy promotion from the start. It has. I mean, we do, we do get um, a couple singles matches on here. It just, it was so tag team heavy right out of the gate. I'm like... What what have the singles guys been up to? It's it, I'm I'm even trying to think of single wrestlers. I know Kazarian. Well, no, he's not a singles, Mm-mm. but he's been around singularly, uh, scouting other people. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was a stretch, Megan. <laughs> no, I mean that's what I'm saying. Is like I can't think of a singles guy except Moxley. Cody. Yeah, Moxley, the big ones. Brody Lee, Brian Cage. Brody Lee's not a singles guy. He, okay, like, spoiler, but he's literally a singles champion. 
<laughs> For a real belt, not one that was given to him by Taz. Yeah. Jericho. They it's thought- hard because all the singles guys are also part of some team, except for Darby and Moxley. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's like kind of the point of AEW. Everybody has like their own crew, so you can, so you don't have to like burn out singles matches between, like in feuds. You can do mix and match tags. But I would say it's not a burnout of singles. It's like where are the singles matches? There's like one singles match. A... Okay. Defending belts. I just think they do a better job protecting their singles matches than other promotions do by by extending things with tag team matches and you know trios matches and stuff. I mean, I agree with that, and then they don't have to have, like, five matches of the exact same lineup, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not against all the tag teams. I just suddenly realized, where are the singles? What, what are they doing? What are they the up single, to lately? All the single wrestlers. Yeah. Kip's running around with Penelope, which we'll get to. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just interesting. I do appreciate that they all have their little groups and friends with them at all times but anyway sorry for that tangent uh we've got a lot of people in the ring on this one though it's a lot it's an eight eight man tag wait Uh, yes eight man tag and they all start out there's eight people in the ring to start it off with yeah that's not even the most (laughs) Okay, so it's the Natural Nightmares, which is QT and Dustin, and Jurassic Express, which is Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, but Marco is still there, obviously. Um, And then they're facing off against the Butcher and the Blade and the Luch Bros. And in all the chaos, eventually the Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express get the win because Jungle Boy pins the Blade with a schoolboy after there was some miscommunication i guess amongst the bad guys i i feel like pentagon didn't want to uh help uh the blade with a a spike pile driver because it wasn't his brother which is like stupid because you're in a tag team match but anyway it did set up what happened afterwards but but that's that's why the blade got kind of like sidetracked and rolled up yeah, I thought Pentagon was doing the Lucha Brothers, like, hand signal, and the Blade didn't do it back, and then he got mad about that. Oh, maybe that's what happened. That's still stupid, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, still, uh, you could put your your weird tag team movements aside if one of your teammates just will finish the match for you, but yeah, they fought. So, after the Natural Nightmares and Jungle or Jurassic Express win, they, like, literally just walk away. Meanwhile, the bad guys all start fighting amongst themselves, and who should walk out to rally them together but Eddie Kingston? He says that they've all spent time on the indies together, mm-hmm. which I'm, I guess. I'm sure they've all been in the indies. I didn't realize how closely they all were as buddies, but... Eddie Kingston wants them all to join together because they can all win, all of them get success, but not if they're divided. And the best line. Yeah? That they shouldn't be fighting because TNT, they know drama. Why are you bringing all this drama? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. I Yeah, I didn't write that down. That's <laughs> That's corny as hell. No, it was great. I really like the TNT They Know Drama comment. 
Megan, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to text Dave and like and uh, rat me out. But this was uh, this was Eddie Kingston's babyface turn with me. <laughs> oh man, it did not take much at all. It was great. He was awesome. I still don't like him. I liked one line. The drama. Yeah. Okay. Now, does this mean that they're going to have a stable or that they're all just real good friends? I think this means that, uh, A, they're going to have a stable, and B, uh, Pac's not coming back for quite some time. (laughs) Oh, man, Death Triangle just started, and he's already kicked out of the squad. I know. Death Triangle was going to be so awesome. Yeah, I was really happy that that was a thing that happened. Yeah, when do you think Pac would come back? I don't know. I don't... Is the U.S. allowing international travel yet? Yes, I we... but you have to, like... You have to quarantine on both sides and... For two weeks, right? For two weeks. And there's all these restrictions, and it's it's basically, like... If, if they were doing something... I think I brought this up before. If they were doing something like they did in Georgia, where they were taping, like, six weeks of television all at once in one shot, it might be worth it for Pac to come in and, and so he could get on all that TV. Right. But since they're doing tapings every other week, it's just like, it's, it would be just, it, it would just be too much. They could tape his stuff, though. So, what they could do is, so they tape two weeks at a time now, but every other week is a pre-taped show. So they could get four matches with him and just spread it out over six weeks. I guess they could do that, yeah. I think the issue is, aren't most European countries not letting Americans in? Because it's not its not the, we're not letting people in, it's the, we can't travel to other places because we're failing. Yeah. Right? No, I think, I think the issue is that, you know, like, most of Europe is doing well. The United Kingdom is not. Mm. England's doing very poorly, and, and they're not part of the, the EU anymore, so... So we can then go back and forth. Like, England and the uh, United States, as far as I know, you can travel back and forth. So they're doing, like, us poorly. They're doing pretty bad, yeah. Okay. (laughs) All my Peloton instructors are out and about in England, unmasked. Great. (laughs) Great. I'm just saying, that, that makes me... I thought that they were doing well, and that's why they were somehow miraculously able to not be masked, but... Seems like maybe they're not. Yeah, I just assumed everybody else outside the U.S. was doing millions of times better than the U.S. itself. I think Brazil's doing really badly. But they've got an authoritarian buffoon in charge of their country, too, so. (laughs) Remember how they handled Zika? Yeah. Oop. I did hear that uh, in China, Wuhan, they've, like determined that they've cleared it out and so they were going to do like a big celebratory like pool party thing which sounds a bananas and b like maybe not a great idea (laughs) i just don't like really believe anything that comes out of china yeah i also feel like how do you know it's all gone how can you be sure there's no cure yet maybe don't test it maybe celebrate the fact that it seems like things are good Anyway, um, so yeah, so we've seen, we seem to have a new five-person stable, and that's good, I guess. We'll see where it goes. I I was curious how they were going to get Eddie Kingston involved with the, you know, kind of 
on a weekly basis. And uh, is he all elite? He's all elite. Damn it! That wink wasn't. The wink was great. Mm-mm. Ugh. We'll see how he turns out. I don't know. I'm still not sold. Jenny, where where do you fall? Andy had a huge turn. I remain like against him. What about I, you? I also like. I'm not a fan. I did like that one comment though. Okay. Okay. Well. I think he's a really good talker. Which in that group. He's I, probably good. You probably need somebody. Yeah, I was trying to think. I, I guess the blade is the only one that really speaks for the Butcher and the Blade, and the Lucha Brothers don't generally say much anyway. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was... As for the match itself, I thought that um, it was nice to see Dustin on Dynamite. I had I feel like we hadn't seen Dustin Rhodes on Dynamite in a long time. Yeah, he did spend a lot of the match getting his ass kicked. He did. <laughs> he spends a lot of matches getting his ass kicked. He's good at it. He's also good at making hot tags, so, like, I, you know... He continues to be a marvel as a 50-year-old wrestler who's still, like, really good. That's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's leave the ring briefly and go to the gym, where Britt Baker is training in her wheelchair. I guess she's probably lifting, like, little five-pound hand weights. Uh, hey, and... those can get heavy, Megan. I have three-pound weights that I <laughs> that I do, and, and man, they, they those are heavy. Calm down, Nagazawa. I wasn't trying to insult your pump. <laughs> so, Brit, hey, Brit's at least working out. She looks over to her right, and there's Kip and Penelope at the gym for some reason having a makeout sesh. I mean, okay, first off, are you surprised that Kip and Penelope are at the gym? And two, would you be surprised that if they're at the gym together, that they're making out? But I, I feel just, like that's natural. I feel like, you know, if you're just going to make out, spare us all the trouble of having to see your PDA and stay home. You could do it perfectly fine in your home. I mean, I guess they're just so beautiful of a couple. Yeah, sure, I guess. But don't go to the gym and make me watch you, you know, tongue each other. Oh, sure. I don't like PDA, but they're... they're she not like PDA, but she likes Kim and Penelope. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like them as a couple. I just, I don't need to see... It's like... Every time people on The Bachelor kiss, I'm like, oh, I know, right? This is. I always turn. The camera's too close. The sound effects are too loud. I'm not used to I don't like this. No one wants to see your tongue. Yeah, it's too much. Tyron Conti, no one wants to see your tongue. I just. It, it lingers. Uh, so, yeah, I just. I felt like Kip and Penelope, they probably could have been elsewhere if all they wanted to do was make out. But luckily for Britt, they're right there because she well, has both. I'm sorry, well, Megan, but. They live with Jimmy Havoc. Do you think he's back? Would you want to be home with a post-rehab Jimmy Havoc? Is his rehab up? It has. I thought he was going to 30-day rehab or 60-day rehab. I don't know, but he was, I mean, he was released by the company. Right. So. I mean, I wouldn't want to be at that home either. I would guess that he was done with rehab. I think they waited until he was done with rehab to release him. I would agree with that. But I wonder if he's still living with Kip and Penelope or if he's gone. Isn't he from England? He is from England. Maybe he went home. He should hopefully. I don't know about his family structure based on things he said, but I hope he could find friends or 
family or somebody to provide some support for him. So in that way, I guess if he's still living with them, maybe it's better than nothing. But also I would think maybe he could go to whatever is home for him. Like he doesn't need to stay there because he's not going to wrestle with AEW. Right. So, okay, Jenny, fine. That's fair. If they're trying to get away from their roommate, go to the gym and make out. But, like, still, I hate it. Um, and Britt, she's not too into it. She, she t- like, breaks in and says, hey, you know, I'm a dentist, and I know about health, mouth health. You could be in danger of giving each other strep. She said the technical name for it, strepo... Streptococcus. Yeah. I'd love um, it when she uses technical medical terms. <laughs> she, I mean, she's probably right, too. Like, this is not... It's not a great time no. to be swapping spit. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, she's like, hey, I could provide you both with a free year of dental care if you can help me out. And all I need you to do, Penelope, is sign on for a match with Rebel to work with her against Big Swole, Brit's arch nemesis, because she's going to propose a handicap match. So... She needs somebody to help Rebel. And Penelope looks, like, not super interested. She just kind of looks bored. And then Britt's like, also, you could have a free year of Rebel doing your makeup. And Penelope's like, hell yeah. So that gets her, that sways her. She's signed on. I would have gone for the dental work, too. Well, she Oh, I think both. she gets both. She I guess you hold, you hold out and then you get more. Yeah. Yeah, she I think. She's worth. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brit put the makeup thing on top of the dental offer. So it, Kip is getting a free year of dental work out of this too, and he doesn't even have to do anything. Yeah, she knows what she's worth. She held out from uh, Joey Janela and got Kip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, she did. <laughs> you so, show sure. Sorry, Megan. We are. No, that's or, okay. Did you want another raspberry? Sure. Did you eat the raspberries? I don't know. Mimosa concoctions over here. Drink and ate everything you've put in my glass. (laughs) (laughs) Put some cheese in there, too? Just dump it in. I'll, like, top it off with a little more sparkles. Okay. And that match is next week, which confused me, because I thought this whole thing was she's going to be back at All Out. Wait, I thought this was for All Out. Mm -mm. Wait, so Britt's going to wrestle next week? Well, I almost wonder if it's going to be kind of like a... Like, get more of an angle than a match. And then that sets up their singles match at All Out. Yeah, because I don't get the impression she's going to be leaving the wheelchair next week. It was in the picture. The roles, the role model wheelchair was in her picture promo for this match. So mm-hmm. I think she might just be hanging around on the outside. Right, yeah. Which would leave Rebel, who as a character doesn't know how to wrestle at all along with Penelope so it's going to be Penelope carrying the weight on this one I get the impression yeah well she did wrestle she did have a match against Big Swole where she didn't do that well no I'm surprised she's willing to go back in the ring although I guess Britt's not really going to allow her to make any other choice but she she knows how to actually wrestle because she's an independent wrestler right 
Yes. Yeah. So maybe she'll showcase more of her skills. Maybe. We'll see next week before All Out. Just the, the special, it's a special Thursday show. Which will come up later, but they kept flashing the graphic at the bottom saying, special Thursday Dynamite next week, special. <laughs> I was like, okay. So is that going to be, I know Labor Day is really late this year. Is that going to be the last Dynamite before Labor Day, or will there be one more Dynamite before Labor Day? There'll be one more Dynamite before Labor Day. After the Thursday Dynamite. Correct. Okay. I believe that will be a Wednesday Dynamite. Okay. Okay. Well, moving on. The next segment is back in the ring, and uh, Tony is here to interview Orange Cassidy who is accompanied by the best friends, and his Chiron reads, now holds debate and singles wins over Chris Jericho. (laughs) Which I think is important. (laughs) Jericho does not acknowledge the debate win. No, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. So, I mean, because he's done so well against Jericho, Tony naturally compliments him on his big win. Orange doesn't say anything, he just leans up against Tony with his elbow on his shoulder. And in this short silence, Chris Jericho has time to walk out. His music hits, and he's finally wearing a different jacket. He's given up the $7,000 orange-stained monstrosity he's been sporting lately. And this is like a kinder, gentler Jericho at first, because he, he compliments Orange. He says, you know, I'm slightly embarrassed that you beat me, but you did good. You finally learned from me. And you showed all those people, all your haters out there in the crowd, that you can do stuff. And he really just is coming from a place of generosity here when he says, Look, I've won one, you've won one. We need to have this rubber match, but I don't want it to be an in-ring affair. That's so boring. Let's make this thing special. So what I propose is having a Mimosa Mayhem match. Dun, dun, dun. And the graphics for this show, 80 gallons of orange juice will be mixed with 500 cases of a little bit of the bubbly in what I I guess is like a pool ringside. That seems like the right ratio for a Jenny Mimosa. No, not at all. 800... 80 gallons to 500 cases. There's going to be so much more champagne than there is. No, it was 800 gallons to 500 cases. No, it was 80. Is she Googling a picture? I don't know. I, I don't, I, I read 800 to 500. I wondered, are these 500 cases left over? Because I thought Jericho was bragging about a little bit of the bubbly being sold out. He was. These are clearly not going to be. So, so my theory is that it just proves that Jericho uh, fudged those numbers by buying 500 cases of his own wine. <laughs> but Jenny thinks it's just going to be, uh, like Andre, so like on the cruise, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Either way, there's going to be some sort of sparkling champagne or wine mixed with orange juice and put somewhere near the ring. I wonder if they're going to limit it to one side or if they're going to put it all around, like tubs all around. But I'm interested in seeing how this plays out. Yeah, and it's a good way for, um, because Jericho said it's pinfall, submission, or 
being thrown into the vat of mimosa, right? Yeah, and so if this ends in a pinfall or a submission, I'm going to be super pissed. Yeah, I think it has to end in Jericho being humiliated by being thrown into the mimosa vat, and that way he can he can lose officially lose the feud to, to uh, Orange, but he doesn't have to get pinned again. Yeah, and and you get to swim in a vat of mimosa. Absolutely. I'm so excited for this. This is going to be very fun. <laughs> Seems like it might be okay. <laughs> it's not going to be, I don't think, as cinematic as the other one was, or the stadium stampede, but no. I'm here for watching two men potentially both end up in the mimosa vat. Yeah. Because it's just the first one that goes in, right? Um. Yes, I believe so. Excellent. Yeah. So that's all fun, and and good and happy and then naturally jericho can't help but be jericho so he's like hey he's got a little bit of the bubbly in his hand a bottle and he says i want to toast you orange and so he calls out the rest of the inner circle they've all got their own bottle of a little bit of the bubbly which again how many did he buy to fudge those numbers (laughs) because they've all got one so the inner circle surround the ring they lift up their little bit of the bubbly and then they do a toast but quickly turn on everybody when Jericho says get them boys they jump in they start beating up the best friends Tony God love him he scampers away and uh, the segment ends with basically Orange Cassidy being held up by the members of the inner circle and essentially being waterboarded by a little bit of the bubbly which maybe is the worst form of torture it, it looked pretty unpleasant uh, Orange sells a beating like no other so I mean I wouldn't want a little bit of bubbly poured into my mouth. Yeah. No. It was awful. Yeah. I feel like that might be the only way that uh, someone could get another taste of a little bit of bubbly into your mouth. <laughs> yes, a little bit of the bubbly is Jenny's own personal torture. Yeah. But that'll be fun. Very exciting. I'm glad Jericho's making up weird matches. Yeah, I'm all about mimosa mayhem. Hell yeah. And I will have mimosas ready when we recap that show. Great. Yeah. Next up, we've got another multi-man match that is a lot of people in the ring all at once. And it's the Dark Order, who is, it's 3-4-5, so it's Reynolds and Silver, and then Allen Five Angels, versus the Elite, which is the Bucks and Kenny. Adam's not in this match. Um, the Elite win... Kenny gets to pin poor Alan Angels. After here, he does an assisted indie taker with the Bucks and then picks him up and does the one wing into Angel. But he doesn't stop there because Kenny's got that cleaner persona going on. He sets up a metal chair and tries to powerbomb poor Alan Angels onto it, but the Bucks are luckily able to stop him and pull the chair away before Kenny goes too far. Yeah, he set, he like set the chair up so the feet were like spread and you know it looked like taking a powerbomb on that would have been really rough yeah he's not concerned about safety yeah so I, I thought this one was a fun one I think Reynolds and Silver are in a, in addition to being good at comedy they're good doing flippy things and work well with the Bucks and Kenny oh yeah this was like uh, this was great this was like a really good showcase for the Elite and, uh, and I feel it feels weird because 
BTE and Dynamite are completely separate things, but as a regular BTE watcher, I do feel like I want to see the Dark Order a lot more now than I used to, especially John Silver. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I so so it's just been interesting to kind of to see that because I wonder how that's playing out for your average Dynamite viewer who might not be watching BTE. Yeah, if you if you cut BTE out of the picture, I'm trying to do that mentally because I. I do kind of get them all mixed together, but are you only seeing the Dark Order when they walk out to watch as usually like the lower, like the low guys, the foot soldiers basically run around? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem like they do much in that sense on just Dynamite. Yeah, like you, you, you only ever see them just as like in the background. I wonder if they... I, haven't watched Dark in ages, as I don't think you have either. I wonder if they get some play on there at all. Not on that everybody Dark? watches Dark. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel. I mean, I think. I think more people watch Dark than watch BTE. So, um, I'm not even sure of that anymore. They should get on the BTE train. It's more fun. What did you think of Kenny turning into his scary persona? I mean, it's just, you know, it's we, we know it's coming. It's it's been they've been kind of threading it along for a while now. Yeah. He's okay, thinking. last week's BTE, 179,000 views. Last week's Dark, 404,000 viewers so far. So, over twi- <laughs> over double what BTE did. Okay. Yeah. I mm. Sounds like you're surprised by that. I am, just because there are so many inconsequential matches on Dark, I don't really know what the draw is for people. And to be fair, I don't recognize a lot of the indie wrestlers they've brought on to be enhancement talent, so maybe those people have a following outside of this, but I just really don't understand what there is to get from dark because you already know how the matches are going to end it's always the roster member going over on the non-roster member yeah i mean i agree with you so i i guess if you're there for the art of wrestling and seeing it all play out sure i just i don't have any affinity for the people i don't really know well and i just it doesn't draw me in right yeah this was good though this match yeah, oh, I really enjoyed this. And yeah. I'm glad in some ways because I want the Dark Order to have a little image makeover that they didn't look like total idiots. Like, they put up a good fight and they lost, which you'd expect them to lose, but they didn't look confused or like a bunch of buffoons running around doing stupid stuff. Yeah. You save that for BTE. <laughs> yeah. But even then, it's it's endearing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought that was a really fun uh, tag team match. And anything with Nick Jackson running around on the ropes and stuff is going to be fun. He's so... It's so nerve-wracking when he runs at the ropes and then just goes for it. But it always ends up looking great. And so far, it ends well for him. So I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's awesome and his rope rope work is great. Yeah. 
I think my only other takeaway from that is the cupping marks on Kenny's shoulder are starting to look super fucked up, and I hate them. They were fresh. I saw somebody on Twitter uh, made a joke that I just saw a few hours ago about his cupping marks was that if uh, if Kenny's uh, injuries get any worse, his cupping marks are going to become racially insensitive. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, seriously though, gross. <laughs> Did not enjoy. Please stop doing it, Kenny. Whew. Okay. After that, we wrap back around to FDR and Tully and find out more about their relationship. We go backstage for an interview where Alex Marvez has them and is talking to them about, first of all, how the Thursday Dynamite episode is going to be special because there's going to be a tag team gauntlet to determine who's going to challenge Kenny and Adam for the AEW tag team titles at All Out. And they're doing it based on tag team the current tag team ranks. So Natural Nightmares are ranked four right now. They'll have a match against the Young Bucks, who are ranked third. The winner of that is going to go on to face the second ranked team, the Best Friends. And then the winner of that is going to face FTR, who are the current number one contenders, which... How did that happen so quickly? Yeah, I was like, what is the math on this? I know they win, but... So they, so they won a bunch of matches, but they were doing that storyline like kind of on the internet where they weren't officially signed, so they were never in the rankings. And then they made a, like, Dax or Cash, one of them made a point on Twitter about it, and Tony Khan responded and said, sign that contract. And so they they did a thing. You remember that they did that angle where they brought in Arn Anderson to be like there for their contract signing. And remember that was the last time Mega was on screen. That's right. And they signed their contract, and in the very next uh, rankings, they were ranked number one because they had already won like six matches. Were they winning them on dark or something? Some. Yeah, that's. I I remember the backstory, and I wasn't so much confused about the fact that they're now ranked and they weren't before. It just surprises me that they're ranked so high with the rest of the teams having worked like literally all year right and them showing up a month ago and somehow winning enough to get put above everyone else that's what surprised me as well megan yeah believe it or not megan uh they actually showed up almost three months ago at this point (laughs) but still i mean everyone else has been working all year Right, but like, you know, rankings are often a reflection of a snapshot in time, and they are, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six and oh, as a, as a, in two on two tag team matches. It worries me that they showed up three months ago because I am losing track of time in this pandemic. It's more like two and a half months, to be fair, but yeah. Still, I thought it's just been like four weeks or so. But they have wins over The Butcher and the Blade. Daniel Cesarian, the Lucha Brothers. Uh, none of none of those teams are ranked. Uh, that's true. I think the Lucha Brothers might be ranked fifth, but they're not in the gauntlet. And then they have some wins on, uh, what you call it, on Dark, and then they beat Private Party uh, last night. So they have six wins against unranked teams. Maybe well, one fifth-ranked team. Maybe. If Lucha Brothers are ranked fifth. Maybe. We don't know. Okay. I mean, if Lucha Brothers aren't, it's likely private parties somewhere in the mix. Because they win stuff. Yeah. Right? 
sometimes. I, you know what? I'm not upset. I, I like that they're going to be in the mix on this. It just mathematically, I was surprised. And I didn't do my due diligence and try to check on whether or not what they were saying was true. I just, it sounded odd that they're so high up, but good for them. Okay, I'm wrong. The the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are ranked fifth. So, all unranked. <clears throat> six wins against unranked people. Yeah. You've never been a fan of their math, though, Jenny, on how I've they... I've never. That's why we had to stop talking <laughs> about rankings. the rankings, because I would get angry every single week. I think this gauntlet match is a, is a cool way to use the rankings, though, to your advantage. Oh, it totally is. It just had me questioning them. Yeah. I, it highlighted my questions more than it kind of fudged them. But I, I like the idea of this, and I think it's going to be fun to see this play out. Um, mm. And I suspect FDR is going to come out on top. But I would think so. Uh, I don't. I don't like you know. Aside from just having a great match, I don't think that it would serve much of a purpose for the Young Bucks to get a rematch with with Kenny and Hangman right now and I don't think that and they haven't really like they haven't really been teasing in that direction either so no and looking at these teams Natural Nightmares, Young Bucks and Best Friends are all faces most of the time and so just in that sense, it, to me, I would think you'd have to pick FDR because obviously Adam and Kenny are faces. Although, I don't know. They kind of waver. They're both kind of having their own little crises, crises individually. So, who knows? But Here's what I think is going to happen. So, I think, I think the Young Bucks are going to beat the Natural Nightmares. But then I think the best friends are going to score like maybe a little bit of an upset and beat the Young Bucks in the Bucks' second match because I don't think they're going to want to give away any of FTR versus the Young Bucks just on a random episode of Dynamite. Yeah, and you can point to the fact that the Young Bucks are coming off one match already and so right. they're not at their 100%. Yeah. So I, I think I feel like we're not going to have any actual in-ring action between those two teams until they, like... I, I think that's going to... I think that's, like... You could almost do that as a pay-per-view main event, so I think they're going to save that. I think that the all-out is going to be Kenny and Adam versus FTR, and FTR is going to win and take the titles. As do I. Yeah, me too. Especially with what happened next, which is to say that... So after that gauntlet is explained by Marvez, he turns to FTR and says, Hey, what is the relationship between you both and Tully now. Tully is still there wearing his FTR coat. And FTR says, we want to be the best, so we're going to learn from the best, and that's why we've got Tully here. And Tully's like, yep, I'm going to take him to the next level. And at that point, Adam walks over. He's got his uh, cowboy shirt on. He's got his drink in his hand. And he starts kind of mumbly, like, yelling at them for beating up old dudes and you know, pulling all that stuff last week. And FTR's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you look like you're almost empty there, bud. Do you want a beer? And so Adam downs his whiskey. FTR hands him a beer, which he gladly accepts. And he's just like, hey, guys, like, 
with all her buds, essentially. So FTR is like, all right, what happened with the Rock and Roll Express is nothing personal. It's just that FTR set up this whole tag team appreciation night, and the Rock and Roll Express showed up and disrespected them. So they had to had to retaliate. And then as far as lying about Dax's knee injury, they had to do that as a test to see who they could trust out of the elite. And I have to say, we should never test a relationship on purpose because that's that's just a recipe for dysfunction. Trust your friends. Patty Stanger would also agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. If you feel like you have to run a trust test, maybe you just end the relationship because you don't trust them. I would agree with that. Yeah. So, but that's what they were doing. They were testing, and guess who passed with flying colors? It was Adam, so they know he's cool. And they say that, you know, the most important thing to them is to go to All Out and face the man they have the utmost respect for, and that's Adam. They'd hate to see the Young Bucks get there, because then what happens? You know, friendships are on the line. Who knows how that's going to go, but they're going to give these boys a good competitive match, and they're, they respect him enough that I assume the implication is They'll all still be cool afterward. They'll probably share a beer. So Adam's like, that does sound good. Okay. And, <laughs> and he's fine with this. Um, so I think they leave this situation still being friends with Adam. And Tully, before the camera cuts away, says, fear the revelation. So I don't know if that's their temporary FTR slogan this for now. Because they like to change it up, but... He's throwing it out there. Is Adam stupid, or is he just drunk? Drunk. Okay, so that's why they're able to hoodwink him? Yeah, like, I think this is a person in crisis who is coping (laughs) by drinking, and then he's easily molded. (laughs) Is that unfair? (laughs) No, I I think that's fine. I mean, aren't we all coping with this pandemic by drinking? (laughs) At times. Um... (laughs) <laughs> okay, that, that that makes me feel better because sometimes I worry that like he's just he's an idiot. But no, he's incredibly smart. Remember know, how many grades he skipped? When I, he I know he's college, inc- okay. like <laughs> at eighteen. I know he's incredibly smart, but like I'm afraid that like sometimes in the storyline with FTR, it seems like he's just very easily led. Mm. No, I think he just <clears throat> likes beer. I think he's got a lot of stuff happening with his existing friend group and it's causing him some emotional pain yep. and maybe some confusion and so he drinks a lot to kind of deal with that and because of that this new f- group of friends who are like come this is the good play like we're not going to treat you mean we love you man it's hard to resist that you know grass is always greener his current friend group is causing him emotional pain so why not go join those cool kids over there who like him for him yeah. Who emotionally test him by running, you know, a trust exercise. It's something new, so you're kind of in that honeymoon stage of the friendship. Yeah. I don't that's I don't think he's dumb. I just think he's hurt and yeah. vulnerable. I agree with you, Megan. Thank you for sticking up for my boy. You're welcome. <laughs> because when Adam's sober on BTE, he's very smart. Uh-huh. I'm excited about this though. This seems like it's gonna be fun. With Adam's reputation intact. Let's go back to the ring. We've got Will Hobbs versus Darby Allen. Will Hobbs, uh, based on the dark results I see scroll across the bottom each episode, 
is kind of a big deal over there. I don't know much about him. But I mean, he's... he loses every week, but he's he's on there a lot. Yeah, I at the with Dark. If you're not a roster member, I think getting screen time is the way that you sort of show your worth. So I see his name a lot. Um, he's a very large man, and Darby Allen, his opponent, is a very slight man, as we all know. So Darby gets the win over Will Hobbs by doing his coffin drop, but I feel like Will Hobbs gets a lot of opportunities to catch Darby midair and to also toss him around a lot. So not a, not a total horrible showing for him. He has a cool spine buster. Yeah. He's which, a good base. Which probably looks good on, like, better on um, little people that like Darby than most people. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to show that, you know, Will Hobbs is a big dude, very physically, like, capable... But Darby's scrappy, and so he still manages to get the win just out of sheer babyface energy. After the match, though, Taz gets on the mic, and he says, Hey, we've got a new member of Team Taz, who is also named Darby. And Darby's music hits, (laughs) and out walks Ricky Starks, who is cosplaying as Darby, and just doing the most insulting but hilarious impression of an emo kid i've ever seen he had emo written on his on his neck <laughs> he did he wrote emo on his neck he he talked like this and uh you know i love skateboarding and i was worried he might start reciting some emo poetry but luckily he didn't he said i like turtles yep he which likes is, you know great internet meme <laughs> you've seen that meme right the or turtles that, meme? That video no. That I like turtles. No. Oh gosh. We're, okay, it's like it's this little boy, this little blonde-haired boy, wearing like skeleton makeup, and a news reporter asks him, like, what he's like dressed up for for Halloween because it's like a Halloween thing, and the little boy has, says, "I like turtles," and then the <laughs> and then the reporter's like, "Okay." <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. this thing. That makes but, he's, sense. but he's wearing face paint that's kind of like Darby Allen ish. Oh. So it was, okay. it was actually like very on. It was a very uh, pointed reference. Well, okay, good. I Because I'm like, I don't really. Did Darby say he liked turtles at some point? But like, he also said he liked skateboarding. So No, I think I think he was just like comparing him to that I like turtles kid. Oh, totally. A blonde kid with skull paint on his face. Yeah. yeah I see yeah. the I see the connection. So, uh, yeah, like, Ricky Starks, how could you look away from him when he's doing this? Which Darby can't, and um, that gives Brian Cage enough time to sneak up behind him in the ring and clock him with that FTW belt he's still got going on. And then Ricky Starks comes into the ring, he he does the saddest coffin drop ever on Darby, which I can't totally hold against him because I'm sure his back is still torn up and hurting, but it was, it was sad looking. It was sad. <laughs> It was, it was off like the middle rope too. He just yeah. kind of fell. It was it was rough. I'm sure his skin is still like he could rip it open again. It was so messed up. Um, but yeah, so he did that, and you know, Brian Cage and Ricky Stark still hate Darby. They do. It uh, maybe it's just because um, this is a Ricky Stark's Darby feud, but. 
it seemed to me like Ricky Starks is now like the leader of Team Taz. <laughs> like he's he's he seems to have like he's he's ahead in the pecking order of of Brian Cage now, which is weird. Well, Brian Cage can't talk because he has that steroids voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe when Excalibur comes back and Taz can just, you know, just be a manager again, he'll he'll get more to do. But it seems like Ricky Starks is like the guy in the group now. He he can talk, but he also is good at wrestling. So I feel like he has one up on Brian Cage, <laughs> yeah. who is just a wall of beef that stands there and looks threatening, and also just like only wears jeans. <laughs> <laughs> No shirt. It's a look he's chosen. That's gotta be so hot in that Florida sun. Yeah. Ugh. And they're so tight. I bet it's really hard to just do anything in them. Yeah. And you think he probably has to, like, peel those off of himself. Yeah. They're probably really disgusting. Full of sweat. Just tanner. Fake tanner all over the place. (laughs) Ugh. So I'm okay if Ricky Starks is the man. Like, I'll watch him fight. Brian Cage doesn't really thrill me these days. Um, you know, I don't hate him. Has Brian Cage ever thrilled you? No, not really. But, you know, I liked watching Moxley beat him up. Uh, if I have to see Team Taz a lot, I would prefer it to be Ricky Starks. Yeah. And, Jenny, if Ricky Starks gives the more prominent role, you don't have to hear about the FDW belt, because currently Brian Cage has it. What if Taz takes that from Brian Cage and gives it to Ricky Starks? Oh, I think that's how you break up the team. That's true. Yeah, I think that's going to cause some irreparable damage if and when that happens. But anyway, we don't have to worry about them for now. Team Taz is still only two men, and poor Darby... Just got a little beat down. Team Taz could have been three men with Darby. He could have been the original Taz man. Taz tried. And Darby was like, not interested in your tips, old guy. Thanks. He really was. But he took those tips of that other guy about falling from a suspended platform into foam. Yeah. Which looked fun, but not dangerous right it's not threatening no nope oh well after Taz talks to us we go to a picture in picture segment with Sammy and he does his cue card things and he's still sniping at Matt Hardy so he has a set that says dear Matt I want to say I'm sorry I'm sorry I put you out I'm sorry you can't catch chairs. (laughs) And he looks really proud of himself with this written joke. And then the text on his next card is slightly different. It is not black text anymore. It's red. And it says, I'm sorry, Sammy is an idiot. Sammy is about to be broken. Consider him deleted. And then, well, Sammy's obviously not looking at the cards as he's I was about to say, is Sammy still flipping through these, even though his like he, it was foretelling his doom? Yeah, he's flipping through them, but he's not looking at them. He's just okay. I don't know if he had a whole other set of cards that he had written script out on that got this, replaced. For us, this was on a uh, picture-in-picture. Um, I mean, yeah, technically it was for me too, but it was full screen. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're from uh, the UK. Oi. Oi, governor. Yeah. It, you know, fish and chips. I, I don't know. UK things. But uh, Matt Hardy shows up after Sammy's gotten through all the cards, and he hits Sammy in the back with a chair a couple times. Really, um, really goes for it. And then he gets him down in kind of a ground and pound position and just yells delete as he punches him. And at that point, I went to a commercial. But when we came back, the beatdown was continuing. And uh, Matt, while still on the stage, just tossed Sammy right off it onto a table that was set up. And as Sammy lays there, Matt goes under the ring and starts rooting around for a specific type of chair, the type Sammy threw at him and broke him open a couple weeks ago. Luckily for Sammy, the refs run in and stop Matt from doing anything with the chair that he finds and also kind of shuffle Sammy out of like the ringside area off where the Rolls Royce frequently escapes uh, to keep him safe and Matt yells it's not over until I end him but he doesn't get the chance to do that right now it was effective yeah I have to say uh, you know it, it sucks that Matt got a concussion and all this but it did lead to I think more anticipation for this match and feud than I think there would have been otherwise yeah it gave them a hell of a clip to keep replaying to show mm-hmm. just how brutal it was yeah so Matt Hardy pissed also because he's using the deleted verbiage and stuff I, I feel like he lied when he said he's not going to have the Harvey universe anymore Yeah, well, I think, you know, an accident happened, and then now, now you know, it's kind of different. Okay. So far it's working, I'm just saying. We're still seeing a little bit of the alternate personalities here. After this, we go to a video of a woman who I did not recognize but her name is Thunderosa, and she is currently the NWA Women's Champion. She has her belt right there with her to show it off. And she says she's arrived here to put the AEW Women's Division on the map, and she's going after Sheeta at All Out. She wants that AEW Women's Championship title because Sheeta, you know, she kind of put the call out, and Thunderosa is responding. I mean... She's spoken three languages in her segment, so I'm impressed. <laughs> yes. Although I did appreciate, um, you know, for all you English-only speakers, here's here's the dumbed-down version. Well, yeah, so. I mean, I've, I'm dumbed-down. I only speak one language, but I'm always mm-hmm. impressed when people speak more than one. She, spoke, she said whatever she was saying in Japanese for Shida. Then she said in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then finally for us dumb people. She looks cool. I have no other context for her, but she looks cool. I only know her by name, so um, it was kind of nice to see a new character. Um, especially one I've, I've been hearing about for a few years now. I'm actually really excited for this. Oh, good. I feel like there's not enough competition in the women's division right now. Like, I mean, clearly AEW agrees because they had to go outside to find uh, Sheeta a match, mm. so I'm I'm excited for this. I hope it's I hope it's competitive and 
I was in, I was impressed by the trilingual, the tri, the blah, I can't even say the word trilingual. <laughs> by the tri- she could say it in Spanish. Promo. You did like four glasses of wine. <laughs> I think we can forgive you. <clears throat> Is it possible that like she could win the AEW Women's Championship and take it away for a little bit to other promotions and not lose it, but are are they partnering with the NWA in a way that she could kind of run with it? My understanding of this is that uh, Billy Corgan is just doing a favor for Tony Khan, and they're uh, just, they're, it's just it's just like a, a talent loan thing, and and so they could you know get a, a pay per view match out of it. Okay, so the... I'm, I'm sure you know that could change at any time and. I mean, I would hope if they're doing this match, like I was kind of hoping to see a series, like a like an arc. Maybe it could be. I, I would expect Sheeta to defeat her all out, though. This also explains why they haven't really hadn't really set up a challenger for Sheeta yet, with so little time left before the pay per view. Right. Well, it's just yeah. it's rough. Like they don't really have anyone. Yeah, if she turns out to be a good competitor and work well with Sheeta, it would be cool to know that there's potential for her to to come back around. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, I think she is one of the few people that are actually under an NWA contract. So, I don't know what the... I don't know what kind of freedom she has to work other promotions during the length of that contract. Okay. Well, regardless, I'm excited. She looked cool, and I hope she can give Sheeta a good match, because I don't... I feel like the people that have shown up thus far have been not super awesome. Like, for instance, who? I... Well, I'm blanking. Is that bad? Like, I can't think of the randos that have been... Showing up to challenge Sheeta? Oh, I mean, it's it's hasn't it only really just been Diamante? I was thinking it was just Diamante. Wasn't there a the? I don't remember her name, but she had like colorful gear. Last oh oh yeah 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 um. Shoot, hold on a second. Let me. I mean, not to say. I mean, I think we all agreed that Diamante's match wasn't. It wasn't oh. good. No. Yeah. It no. wasn't really that spectacular. Wasn't memorable. Uh, Heather Monroe? Sure. Is Blonde? who she wrestled last week on the last episode of Dynamite, which okay. I'd already forgetting, forgotten about. Yeah, so if nothing else, forgettable matches. Yeah. Right. She wrestled Red Velvet. She wrestled... I think, I think you're probably thinking of Christy Janes. Okay. I don't remember any of these people. Christy Janes is the one who's you said looked like she was, like, wearing Colt Cabana gear. Oh, okay. So, there, that's the illustration of just how little effect those people had on us, though, right? You had to Google it, and yeah. and these are the the ones she does open challenge resulted in. I, I hope that Thunderosa gives us a little more than any of those people did. Me too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I bet she's a little sad. That she can't participate in the Thunderdome. <laughs> oh, God. Probably I would so. love to get into that. <laughs> but we're not 
We're not a other company podcast. We're a wrestling podcast. We can talk about other companies. We can we can chat a little Thunderdome in the news section. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get there uh, in a short time, probably, because there's only two matches left in this show, and the first of them is the the finals of the women's deadly draw tournament, like tag team cup. I'm not really sure how to refer to it because you win a cup, but it's called the deadly draw tournament. Yeah, uh, women's tag team. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And we. At the top of the show, we already kind of spoiled the outcome here, but Ivelisse and Diamante go over the Nightmare Sisters to win this this cup. I I think they get to take it home, but they didn't really show that. This was the right call, um, unless Brandy wanted to get bullied off of Twitter again. She's Is she back on Twitter? On Twitter? Right? She came back. Oh. Stop bullying Brandy. I cannot yeah, I wait until she runs a Peloton class. I don't think anybody deserves to get bullied on Twitter unless you're, like, a Nazi. Then, yeah, bully the shit out of them. But fair warning, you'll probably be the one that gets kicked off Twitter. Uh, but, like... Yeah, Brandy got canceled on Twitter for starting a fan club and charging for it. That's dumb. Like, every <laughs> fan club in the history of pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we just not? Can we just leave her alone? <laughs> Yeah, and I also don't think if she had booked herself to win, she deserves to be bullied off Twitter. I don't. I wouldn't have agreed with the choice, but don't bully people on Twitter as a result of your just pissing and moaning about something. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's ridiculous, but whatever. <laughs> it's you know, it's there's it's everybody everybody has to have something to be outraged about on Twitter. That's like, it's just an outrage like feedback loop. Is it because she's a black woman? Is that really what the issue is? I don't, think so. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think, because I because I, I, I think it's like, it's not those kinds of people who are like coming after her. Like the, like the racist like, it's, you know, it's like AEW fans who are like it's, it's male AEW fans who are annoyed. That, that they can't join a team? I guess so, yeah. Seriously? That's such bullshit. Um, I, you know, I think Megan and I were both confused by the Heels membership price. Um, primarily just because we didn't understand what you got for being a member. I think if they had been more clear about, like, what you received for your membership, then, I mean, I think it makes sense to charge a membership fee, it's just it was unclear what your membership was giving you. Yeah. Totally. I did not have a problem with the price. And honestly, it's one of the cheaper subscription services you could you could buy. It's, I was just mostly confused. I wanted a more laid out menu of here's what you get. Here's oft how often we put out new content. Here's all the benefits. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I hate and I don't think it's inherently bad to charge for something like this no and she even said like oh we got enough subscriptions that we can cover our fees to continue into phase two of this project yeah so like i'm sure that like any sort of program that you're trying to do there are 
people, there's obviously technology fees, but there's also like people cost fees associated with it as well. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would have to charge a fee. Everyone should just calm the fuck down. Yeah. Jesus. Also, I, I'm sure that it wasn't specifically targeted at her being a black woman on the internet, but also whether or not I feel like there's always the built in like microaggressions that come with that. Like she's gonna get hate, but built into that hate, it's like whatever a normal level of hate would be, which I hate to say because who wants to know what a normal level of hate is? <laughs> um, you just add on a little bit more because she's a lady. And maybe you don't love uh people of color. Yep. And you get to throw that in there right yep. then. It's like it is harder <laughs> I I think for It is for that but um but yeah I, but good job women's wrestling fan twitter you drove one of the only people of color executives in the entire industry off of twitter <laughs> yeah yeah little brand brands number one though in sales that's yeah that was that was something little to see that positive chart. news yeah number she's the on only the one ringside uh ringside uh collectibles.com yeah yeah, she's the only one out there, like, actively marketing during her matches. Like, I gotta love get, little Brand Brand. And get that in front of the people. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want a little Brand Brand? I do want a little Brand Brand, but we have so much just shit in the house that, like, <laughs> it would just be, like, another thing that, like, annoys me because there's clutter. Okay. We little have brand too much brand, clutter already. All right. You need a Brand Brand to live next to your uh, Young Bucks Funkos and Cody. You got a Cody. That's the clutter she's talking about. That is the clutter. I know, I'm but about. like you can you can slide it right into the existing clutter. Andy has set up our clutter like right in front of my TV, so it triggers me every time I look at the TV. But uh, we got on this tangent by talking about ladies and uh, the the tag team cup and how Evilise and Diamante have won it. So, congrats! It was the best match of the tournament. I thought. I think logically that's how it should be as the final match. Yeah. Well, you would hope, but I, you know, like I haven't really been impressed by the Nightmare Sisters in the ring so far, and uh, you know, but they, they, everybody, everybody looked pretty good. I'm always impressed with the Nightmare Sisters, like ambiance. Yeah, yeah. Like they look great. It's They've a good got act. a great stick. They've got a good yeah. It's a good act. Yeah. It, but like obviously, Brandy is not. The most experienced wrestler and yeah. i don't think ali must be either because you know so, some of the moves aren't quite there but like the act all all in is wonderful mm-hmm. i would agree i thought they did well and maybe i don't know what the filming schedule was but maybe between the bulk of the tournament being filmed and now they had some time to practice and work together a little more i mean they've got a coach right there with dustin and qt and qt QT. (laughs) sorry so that's got to be helpful ali's married to a veteran professional wrestler the blade so is brandy brandy i don't know i just don't see brandy and uh cody like i don't see cody as a teacher brandy has had 55 wrestling matches in her life uh, the the bunny Allie has had 382. Okay. Yep. It's a large experience golf. Yes. 
They did they did well though. And this I've enjoyed this match and I was glad that the Nightmare Sisters didn't win just because I don't want Brandy to get hate on the internet. And also, I don't know that they really need to win. They, didn't you need, know? they did not need to win. Um, not at all. And, and like, this this allows you to... I mean, I feel like this is, like, unofficially, because I still haven't seen that tweet that says that Diamante and Ivelisse are all elite, but you got to think that they're under contract if they won this tournament. I would think so. Yeah. They're going to take that cup and run. <laughs> <laughs> sell it pop up like throw it in the garbage on nxt next week from full sale it's like a <laughs> it's like a knight's tale where they they took the cups and then they'd melt them down to, to sell yeah hell yeah they also got two giant gold medals yeah which and is... roses which they threw in the ground yeah they eh. weren't interested in the roses no i mean i saw those roses coming out. i was like those they don't want the roses this isn't like a beauty pageant Mm-mm. those they're not interested in that I mean, maybe if you'd, like, like, cookies or something. Yeah. Because everybody loves cookies. Everyone loves cookies. (laughs) So, you know, back from, you know, it's been a few weeks now, and the tournament has has run its course, and it's over, and how do we feel about it? Jenny, you first. I just, I was really disappointed in it. I feel like it, I feel like it didn't accomplish much. I, I... I was skeptical about it being on YouTube, and I think even those, like, fears that I initially had of, like, oh, this isn't giving the importance that it's due, um, were realized when on every week on Dynamite, the announcers didn't even mention it. I think they mentioned it once, whereas Dark gets mentioned every single week, as well as BTE. Um, So I think that was really disappointing. I was pretty disappointed in the quality of some of the matches particularly in the first week Mm -hmm. like i just don't think they had a great talent pool for it right um and that doesn't that speak to them like okay so does that speak to they shouldn't have put it on tv or they shouldn't have had it until they could have a better talent pool i think they should have i think they should have maybe waited until they could have had a stronger talent pool and then had the whole thing on Dynamite, and then pay-per-view be the final match. Because hmm. I, I think it's just less, it, it just, like, it it upsets me because I feel like they are diminishing the women's division. And part of me is disappointed that, like, some of the quality of the women's matches isn't where I want it to be. So, like, I feel like people are able to, like, justify that then, which I don't think is right. Like, I think... I think we should be able to put on competitive women's matches on Dynamite every week. And I think if you're going to do a tag team tournament like this, which I think they definitely should have, I think this was a great idea. And I I really was behind this idea. I just think the execution was a little bit poor with some of the people that they had in some of the quality of the matches and then it not being on Dynamite. Maybe okay. if they had put it on Dynamite, the there could have been more that maybe more would have gone behind the production value of it of like getting more people involved like i don't know like maybe they could have put more oomph behind maybe that first week in matches okay megan um i agree with a lot of what jenny said uh i do think match quality like like i think if you say wait or put it on tv 
I would say, why not both? Because if you can't wait and you insist on doing this, put it on TV. And I know not all the matches were top quality, but in some ways, I think putting it on a Dynamite might have eased the pain of that, because if you have a whole show where this is all that's happening, it's a lot more obvious than if you toss in a match here, you know, amidst a, a larger show where you're telling sto other stories and you can say, hey, here's a tournament match. And I don't, so like, it really sucks because I feel like it's hard to be critical because the place we're at is if a women's match is bad, I think the default assumption is because it's women. Whereas men can have um, a variety of matches. Sometimes they might be bad, sometimes they might be good. It's never like, oof, that was bad because that's men. So <laughs> there's this, <laughs> yeah, there's this extra like, you have to be on your top game. Yeah, there's this lens where if it's a women's match, you can't be bad, which I think is stupid because women are people, as are men, and what? sometimes, some, yeah, believe it or not. Um, and there are lots some, of bad men, men's matches too, but yeah, it, it doesn't get the same response. Yeah, it doesn't tank the men's division all of a sudden. You know, like that's not this glaring, that's not what people leave thinking is oh there was one bad men's match so this whole division is fucked whereas like with women it because of the proportion of matches that get on tv anyway that is the problem is we will reach we will make progress when a women's match can be bad and you can say well you know so and so had an off day or <laughs> whatever but instead of defaulting to like well that's a women's match you know <laughs> sometimes those ladies do it but most of the time they suck that <laughs> You know, that's just, I hate that that's the viewpoint we have to draw from, but with that context, that's why I think it needs to be on television, because you have to expose people to the variety, right? You have to show them, oh, there's some good performers, oh, we've got some new people. Women are allowed to be new, too, you know? Men don't spring up into the wrestling industry suddenly knowing all the moves. They have a period of being green, where everybody's cool with it. Oh, he's green. Women do that, too. So... I think it should be on TV because of that. And I think it also softens the blow because if you just watch these tournament matches, I will admit, like, some of those episodes are hard because they do stick a bunch of, like, non-roster talent into one thing and it almost magnifies the fact that this isn't perfect. And that sucks because then you can put... Now you have this, like, like, archive of things where you can say, look how much they suck. You know? So, I, in that way, I say put it on TV. I think it gets some exposure. I think it softens the blow of matches that aren't perfect. And I think it just kind of forces people to sit through this and maybe consider taking in something they normally wouldn't. And maybe somebody figures out they like somebody new or they're into it. And then also, the fact that the finals are on television make a lot more sense. Because if you haven't been watching this tournament and the announcers haven't been bringing it up except for last week when it's like oh the schedule's weird so now we have to talk about this thing well then what the fuck is this like you're like <laughs> what's going on how long has this been going on do i want to bother catching up probably not and it's just you're putting barriers in the way of your fan base actually branching out and trying to 
enjoy something or accept something. And if you're trying to get something new across, the less barriers, the better. So, you know, one day I hope we can have a shitty women's match and it can just be a shitty match and everybody's <laughs> cool with that. But until then, I do think we need to put a little more effort into it. And I know one of Brandy's talking points was, oh, it's better we're on YouTube because we can go as long as we need to and nobody's going to cut the match short, you know, things happen. But you know what else? There's a fucking ton of other men's matches on the show that could get cut short. Right. You don't have, you don't have to leap to, we got to cut something, let's talk to those ladies. Like, you're part of this team. You're an EVP. Put your foot down. This is how you make progress. Tell them they need to cut somebody else's match short and move on. Well, and like, this should be a focal point. If it's a, a, a big tournament, it should get priority over, like, a, a random men's match. And there should be more than one women's match on Dynamite. Like, yeah, if you're going to change the system, change the system. So, I, Je- like, Jenny, I feel like we're on the same page, and overall, I'm glad they gave him a tournament, but, like, also, where does this leave us? The direction is confusing. There's a cup. There's a tag team kind of thing, but we don't have tag team champions for the women. We don't have actual women tag teams. Like, right. they could have tightened it up a little bit. They could have. rant over and I I just I I understand that they have run into some difficulties that some of their overseas talent isn't available but I think that's also part that that's their that's the EVP's fault of recruitment like they shouldn't have just relied upon Japanese wrestlers for the women's division. That was kind of the that was kind of like the the whole thing of the women's division though. That but was it, that was going to be the something else that nobody else had aspect for they, American wrestling. And it's great to have a, a wonderful pool of Japanese wrestlers, but you can't just rely upon that. You have to have a well-rounded ros- roster. That that's I think where their fundamental flaw was. Well, they did, but now they don't have access to many of those people. So they signed, they, signed, they, needed... they signed the correct level of talent and number of talent, but much of that talent is no longer available to them. Because they're overseas. I'm saying that they needed to sign more American, people who are in country. Well, then they talent. couldn't have signed as many talented Japanese and European wrestlers. Well, I think that they should have upped their budget for the women's division because they clearly <laughs> well, the put point... it at the bottom of, a bottom of the list. They have all of these shitty men wrestler that get who? on Peter Avalon, Brandon Cutler, Michael Nakazawa. So people who never appear on Dynamite. That are always on Dark and they're paying them. Why couldn't you pay more women wrestler to develop them on Dark so that you have a talent pool for this fucking tournament? Well, Nakazawa and Cutler both have office jobs. Dual contract, baby. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. I think that they've done a bad job of... I think that they're in a difficult situation, and they have tried to, and and they and they tried to use this tournament to bring in and get looks at a lot of new talent. What new talent? Tekanchi, Nicole Savoy, Ivelisse, and Diamante. But they had already given looks at Diamante and Ivelisse. Yeah, well, but I mean, but they so, brought them in for this tournament, though. I do hope this results in 
Nicole Savoy and Tay Conti and I think Ivelisse and Diamante are a lock at this point, but I, I hope they sign some more people <laughs> from this. Yeah. On to the main event. There will probably be opinions about this one too. Which I'm excited because I know watching it I was like, what does Jenny think of this? Um, the main event is for the TNT Championship and it's Brody Lee versus Cody. And guys, we we have a new TNT champion. Hell yeah, we Ms. do. Mr. Brody Lee is the new TNT champion. Mm-hmm. Cody wasn't good enough for the good looking belt. <laughs> you think the belt quality went up and he was like, I cannot handle this. <laughs> Too much pressure. <laughs> Brody Lee beat Cody pretty handily. Yep. Beat his ass. I think Cody got like one bit of offense right at the beginning. And then it was all Brody for the next three minutes, which is all it took. Uh, yeah. Pair of super kicks, pair of power bombs, Disc Lariat, one, two, three, new champ. Yeah, and then Cody was also, I don't think unconscious, but maybe just semi-paralyzed temporarily. This to me, so how appropriate on SummerSlam weekend, as SummerSlam is starting in 40 minutes, and I'm worried that I'm not going to get to see the start of it at this point, um, <laughs> that we had uh, what I really thought was very reminiscent of the Brock Lesnar, John Cena, SummerSlam 2014 main event. And I'm sure you uh, you remember that one, Megan. Uh... Apparently not. Okay. Well, that <laughs> but was there were a, a lot of suplexes. It was, it was a lot of suplexes. It was incredibly <laughs> one-sided. Uh, I think John Cena got a desperation fu uh, or attitude adjustment that Brock kicked out of at one, and then Brock went about the slaughtering and taking the title from John Cena. And this ended the open challenge. No, the open yes. challenge was the next year oh. for the United States title. This was a WWE championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this was this the match where he yelled like "Suplex City, bitch." It was not, no. That was, the, that was the following WrestleMania with Rebels. But anyway, yes, but this was, I, I felt this was most reminiscent of the, uh, the John Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar, SummerSlam match, and uh, very appropriate weekend for that to happen on. And uh, I absolutely loved it. I, you know, you can get into the angle afterwards, but I thought this made Brody Lee look like a friggin' superstar. Hell yeah. Jenny, did you have any comments on the match before I get into the aftermath? or Just, like, very one-sided destruction of a man who became too large for his neck tattoo. <laughs> he outgrew the neck tattoo. Um, okay, well, with that being said, um, after this match, Brody Lee is the, he's the new champion, and Brody Lee is like running shit so tony tries to interview him but brody goes off on how you know no one believed in him or the dark order and these evps made him and this is what happens he's rising up and apparently with the tnt championship comes the power Mm -hmm. which i was like okay are we sure about that (laughs) i guess brody lee is going to will this power into existence because he claims that the power is there, and also now the Dark Order is at the top, now that their leader has this. And while he's going off yelling at Tony all these things, Cody is being loaded onto a stretcher with a full-on neck brace. And 
I don't know, he just looks, his eyes are closed, and they take him out, and they get to the entrance ramp, where, like, Arn has looked appalled this whole time, and Cody finally manages to do one of those weak, like, hero thumbs up, like, he's not, he's not totally out of it, he's gonna make it. Not dead. Yet. Um, (laughs) So, you think he's gonna get out, and then, the Dark Order, like, Oh, hell no. So they go after Cody, and Arn stands in front of him. So they just beat up Arn. Which is rough, because Arn's an old man. Yeah, it's hard to watch that. I was surprised (laughs) to see Arn taking any kind of bumps. Yeah, I think he... I mean, you know, they didn't do, like, a powerbomb on him or anything, but they... Brody kicked him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but there may have been, like, a Dark Order kick where it was six inches away. It was just the angle. You couldn't see how far away. Well, they did a whole lot better job than they did with Dark Order punches. Yeah. Arn's an old man, so I hope he was as safe as could be. But he crumples. He's no longer there to protect Cody. And then they just, they grab that stretcher and they, Brody Lee kicks it over. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, oh, shit, okay. Um, So Cody's just, I think, the restraints come off of him when Brody Lee kicks it over him. And so Cody kind of gets up and stumbles towards Brody Lee. And he just pulls out this weird felt black bag and throws it in Cody's face, knocking him down. And we find out later that in that bag are the shredded remains of the old unfinished TNT championship. The only which... one good enough for Cody. Yep. Brody Lee says, this one's yours. I have this other one, and it's the pretty one. The one you want. Um, But yeah, so in this domination, Dustin and QT are brought out by other members of the Dark Order who have apparently, like, it's implied they beat them up backstage because they're both out of it, so they throw them on the ground with Cody so that Brody Lee can lord over all of them. And then Brandy runs out to cover Cody and be the, the good wife and at this point, Brody signals for Anna Jay, who jumps down and puts Brandy to rear naked choke and takes her out, which was, like, rough. Um, but yeah, like, the Dark Order have fully taken over. This was, like, the good version of that December 18th uh, angle. Yeah. <laughs> this was way better. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it helps that they have a strong leader now. Rather than evil Uno. And a woman. And Yeah, and a woman. I think that, that benefits them as well. I think having Anna Jay benefits them. Yeah. She looked like a cool assassin. Exactly. But yeah, Brody Lee looked badass and he went crazy on everyone and was screaming and just talking about having power. And it's like the first time I feel like they've conveyed a strong cult leader on television. Uh, yeah, it was it was really good. I I, I really I, I was super impressed with the way that they that they went out and uh, and you know it was it was a really good cliffhanger and unlike most weeks we've only got to wait five days to see the uh, to see the payoff. Hell yeah, Brody Lee's our TNT champion, and I'm assuming he's not going to do an open challenge. No, I think I think those days I think that uh, that era is over. Yeah. So. My one gripe with this, and it's nothing to do with the angle itself, I just think 
Brody Lee's ring gear could be so much better. I don't, I'm going to admit, I don't know what a cult leader would wear if they were going to wrestle, but there's somewhere that's better between what that image might be and what he currently has. <laughs> Megan, I agree with you. I was actually in, during the match, I was like, okay, this gear is better than the gear he premiered with, but it's still not what it should be. No, it's not flattering to his figure at all. Right. It's like an it Evo Uno uh, issue that he was having before. Yes, I thought his jacket this week was pretty cool. Um, but just like the way the clothes hang on him, the pants and the the tank top, it just, it's not good. And also like the design on them is kind of pedestrian <laughs> a little like when you're talking like you put this image of him wrestling up against the one where he's in a suit and he's commanding control of his people and all the stuff on bt or like film segments and it's just like it kind of makes me sad that the in-ring part of it takes away because he's a good wrestler i just don't connect on the outfit i agree thank you i know that sounds really shallow but I, think I don't the look think could it's be better. shallow. I think that to to be that level of wrestler, you have to have the whole package, and he's missing part of his package right now. Yes, it's I true. Mean, you know, many Christians are circumcised at birth. I was going to ignore the package joke, the obvious package softball that she threw, but I am <laughs> glad that you stepped up. <laughs> I, it's it's a nitpick, but it's one that. I just think that's where you separate the, hey, I'm working the indies and don't have a lot of money to pay towards my costuming, and now I'm a main eventer on television weekly and need to look the part. Right, and I have a championship belt now. Yeah. I don't like Brandy's switching back and forth between heel and babyface. Oh, I think, I love it. segment thing. I love it. Yeah? I, I miss when Brandy, it feels unreal to me. When Brandy does not come out with Cody. Mm-hmm. I understand she has her own thing going on, which, as any woman does, but I also like the realness of, hey, but I'm also still married to Cody. Like, I'm my own person. And but... I'm evil. So what? Well, what? You don't know what I'm like at work. I could be an evil bitch at work. <laughs> I do know what you like at work. So your work is now across the table from me. Jenny leaves the house and she transforms completely. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with that. I like that she can have two independent personalities. One by herself and one as her, a wife. Okay. I did like when she was getting into like the witchcraft stuff and was like cuckoo bananas that Cody was like, he mentioned it in one of his promos. He's like, I don't even know what my wife is doing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, is she coming home with her like pot of potion? <laughs> Yeah, doing spells like what's happening because otherwise it's unreal like we know that you guys are married so why would you not reference each other even if you one is a heel and one is a baby face which i don't know that cody's a baby face anyway but he is he was sliding heel and now it's like without the title is he going to break down and and find his baby face roots I mean, I, 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 I think that he played heel against babyface opponents, and as as a lot of 
champions have in history, and I think that he, but I think he's a babyface. He cheated a bit in some of his matches. That's not playing heel. Arn looked upset with him. Well, I think he's certainly not going to be a heel anytime soon after this angle, because he's going to have to come back for revenge on the Dark Order. Sure, I get that. I just think Megan and I have longer memories. Old <laughs> grudges longer. Okay. I will say that I can give Brandy a pass in this instance because her heel form now is I'm kind of a mean girl. And that's way different than I'm kind of practicing black magic. Yes. Yeah. So. Agreed, Megan. Agreed. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could see how Cody maybe just like lives with that versus, <laughs> oh, you're a witch now, huh? Cool. <laughs> So that's Dynamite. Hell yeah, what a show. What a show indeed. Well, we have no, we have no ratings. NXT did pretty well uh, without any competition. Although I, I honestly expected them to get like close to a million viewers. And they, I think they ended up at like 832. Mm, that's kind of low. That feels yeah. like a fail. Well, it was up like, they were up like 200 some thousand from the week before, but um. But the NBA playoffs were on, right? Playoffs were on, but the playoffs were on the week before also. So, you know, um, that wasn't new. But every week we get deeper in the playoffs and the games become more important, so that's going to become theoretically more and more of an issue. But, uh, yeah, so we don't really know. And unfortunately, yeah, we're not even going to know Dynamite ratings until Tuesday, probably. Damn weekend. Damn weekend, yeah. But let's talk about some stuff going on in wrestling. Uh, We've got a couple... WWE things to discuss. The Thunderdome? But, well, yeah, we'll talk about Thunderdome, but first of all, I think the most important to AEW fans is Renee Young uh, giving notice and finishing up actually tonight with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. That's not two weeks. Ooh. No, it, I think it was. I think I think it just didn't come out for a while. It doesn't come out. Yeah, yeah. Is she under a non-compete or just be since her contract ran out is she free and clear so her contract did not run out uh she had the right basically to just to give notice and leave whenever she wanted okay now there may be a no non-compete on her working for another wrestling company sure so uh we'll have to see but how long in her contract did she have left i have no idea um but yeah, but so, yeah, we, we, a couple of years ago when she re-signed with WWE, there were a lot of opportunities for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I like SportsCenter and like ESPN, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, with a pandemic going on and, and No live know, sports? And, well, there are a lot of live sports, um, but, but there's also a lot of, you know, a lot of like media companies are cutting back and slashing budgets and things like that. Uh, it's very possible that there might not be the same clamor for her talents right now. I feel like she would have to have something in the works absolutely. to give her notice. Yeah, absolutely there would be. Well, there's also the aspect of, like, if your company allowed you to get COVID because they're irresponsible and failed to manage it, wouldn't you kind of want to leave? Oh, I would 100% quiet. Yeah. She's, she's working on her cookbook. That's I think that's coming out this year sometime maybe next year but i know that she was like was actually like filming the the uh like the interior the the, the, the pictures for it yeah this past week at her house yeah lots of instagram photos i'm sure yeah 
but uh, but yeah, I, I, it would be interesting to see her at some point pop up on AEW. At the very least, she can um, they can they don't have to crop her out of uh, photos from the uh, company uh, parties anymore. <laughs> God. <laughs> John never brings his wife around. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jenny, you want to talk about the Thunderdome. Let's hear it. What do you have to say about the Thunderdome? Oh, I I was not prepared to talk about the Thunderdome. Oh, I, I was... thought you wanted to talk about the Thunderdome. Oh, well, yeah, but I, I didn't think I would have to, like, say things about it. Oh. Well, you saw a little bit of the Thunderdome. I did see a little bit of the Thunderdome. Yeah. It's a bunch of, like, screens of people. Yeah. It's like a giant Zoom call. Yeah, I wonder, like, how many production assistants they have watching individual people. Like, if each person, each PA, gets, like, a group of ten that they're responsible for to make sure they're not doing anything inappropriate and have to be pulled. Honestly, now that you say that, it occurs to me they should probably not let any real fans in and just have it all be PAs (laughs) who are on screen (laughs) pretending to be fans. Because they know they won't fuck up. Megan, are you going to check out yeah. the, Th- the Thunderdome at all? Oh my gosh. It's like, I don't want to watch an episode of SmackDown or Raw, but I do want to see it. So, maybe? Ah, this I is mean, our dark future. I watched the first segment of SmackDown on Friday. And Me too. It was, yeah. I was in the room. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, were, we watched the first segment of SmackDown on Friday. And it was such a bad, stupid angle that I turned it off after that. But, it did allow me to get a flavor of the Thunderdome. So... You could just watch one segment of something. You'll, okay. see, you'll, you'll get. You'll see what it is. I mean, hard to miss. Yeah. The picture that you sent me, like the screen capture. Yeah, you, should, of, you need. To, you need to see it in motion. I think. I agree, but yeah. the screen capture alone was enough for me to think. I need to rewatch Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Is okay. So Megan, that was what I said. This feels like a movie I've seen with this in it and I I didn't know what movie it was but I feel like I've seen a movie that's like an arena with people's heads on screens like I don't there's nothing specific to Blade Runner where that is a thing but it's just it's more like it put in my head like what if this is the future you know (laughs) like what if this is how we view things now and we should just get used to screens everywhere it's that aesthetic of there aren't any real people but there's a lot of screens talking to you and telling you what to do it's it's so cyberpunk and i don't know i just really wanted to watch blade runner because i'm like well if i'm gonna watch this i want a good version of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i don't think this is the answer for them uh smackdown ratings ticked up a little bit but once you've seen it i mean it's still the same show just with like a different aesthetic like that's not the problem with smackdown you know it's not the problem yeah. with Raw. It's not the problem with their product. The problem with their product is their product. So right. I feel like this might get a bump for a couple of weeks just out of just because it looks weird. But after that, I mean, they're still just doing the same stuff. I mean, so. is there a problem with their product when they released record results last quarter? Yes. It's bad. Yes. It's bad product. Because it's, it's not because it's it's shedding viewers at like an ungodly rate. So. Just think so about when they think go about for how like prof- TV deals think- next time. Right, they're not going to get what they got this time. You would think so, yeah. Just think about, I mean, think about how much more profit they could be making on things like the WWE Network if they had a something that people actually wanted to watch. Yeah, I I do think 
in some ways I'm glad because now at least temporarily there's less of a risk for their talent who are forced to stand in close proximity in the crowd. Yeah, as we're about to talk about, they're, they, uh, WWE are the good guys this week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> in terms of COVID. <laughs> okay, well, I'm curious to hear this. This. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to read straight from uh, the Fightful story on this. They certainly did not break this news because I believe AEW broke this news themselves. But uh, actually, you know what? No, I'll just read right from the AEW tweet. I'll just read it right from the source. Uh, this is August 20th. It was three days ago as we're talking now. All Elite Wrestling tweeted out, Limited tickets for the live outdoor August 27th AEW on Dynamite go on sale tomorrow, Friday, August 21st, 10 a.m. Physically distanced tickets starts at $30. And so here's what the press release says. To safely bring back the energy of a live audience to AEW shows, in compliance with state and local regulations and CDC guidelines, a select number of physically distanced seating pods will be available in sa- for sale in groups of two, three, four, and six around the outdoor venue. For the first ticketed show on August 27th, a maximum crowd of 10% capacity will be permitted. Going forward, as long as safety protocols are followed meticulously, a maximum crowd of 15% capacity will be permitted for all live events at Daly's Place. So, first of all, Megan... Sounds like you're hearing about this for the first time. What are your initial thoughts to this? Now, granted, they've already, we already know that they've been having some fans in the like the the lower bowl, but this is at ten percent capacity. We're now talking about five hundred of those fans in the lower bowl. Um, my initial response is this is unnecessary. Sports are unnecessary. It's nice that they're around, but why would you put more people in jeopardy? when it's completely unnecessary you could just not you could just watch it on television mm-hmm. and deal with it well at least 500 people disagreed strongly with you because this sold out immediately um i'm not surprised <laughs> at all i mean of course 500 people disagree with me i love science and sadly and a lot of people don't <laughs> yeah like, I, I totally get it. I do. We're all stir-crazy because we've been stuck inside quarantining, ideally. Some people haven't. Some people haven't even oh, felt that, that pain. But my point is, if we keep doing things that are, you know, not necessary, that you could live without for a year or so, then we're just extending the life of this pandemic. Do I love that F1 is happening? Yes. Do I think it would be better if it didn't? Yes. Do I love seeing new AEW every week? Sure. But like, if it went away, and if the consequence was we're being safe and possibly causing the life of this pandemic to be reduced exponentially, I would pick that. For sure. Because the longer we don't do things right, the longer that we're living in this limbo of people fighting about whether they need to wear a mask or not. If we all just fucking chilled... We can get over it a lot sooner, but nobody wants to do that. So I don't think tickets to AEW are necessary at all. I think they were doing just fine with their roster, and maybe they should live in a bubble like the NBA because they seem to have got it figured out. But instead, we're just bringing in the outside, just coughing on each other, breathing, and just, mm, it's very angry. Jenny, thoughts? I, I agree with Megan. 
I <laughs> it's unnecessary and it's putting people at risk and it's pr and it's above all prolonging this period where we have to quarantine ourselves yeah why did we quarantine so hardcore for like a month if we all decided the pandemic's over after that and then just continue having things bad I, i'm i'm just i'm so sick of it megan of like seeing everyone out there like living their life unmasked and like it's just like stop fucking doing that so that i can leave my house and like see my friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh infuriating and there are layers with this like entitlement of like well I'm not going to get sick, or if I do get sick, I'm not going to die because I'm healthy. Well, let's fucking think about other people. You're not the only person in the world. Yeah. Yes. There And there are layers to it, and I don't want to discount anyone who's like, I need to work for money. And well, this no, is... no, no. Not not that at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, our we don't have a better social safety net for this sort of thing in the event that a big global event occurs you know but we're kind of too late to jump on that train i totally get that i totally get that there are completely valid reasons for people to put themselves at risk to do their jobs but this is by far not one of them at all like i don't even think that the wrestlers should be putting themselves at risk but it seems like a lot of them are totally on board and fine i guess uh you're gonna do it you're gonna do it especially since the states allow it but I think we all, as a group, as a country, should really look at what the word priority means and how it fits into our life because I don't think a lot of people are realistic about it and sometimes you have to suffer for the greater good and that just is what it is. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, if this goes well, they say that there will then be uh, 750 fans in attendance after that. Cool. And what does goes well mean? I mean, just ticket sales? Because, like, it sure as hell not going to go well. We've seen them have fans in the in, in the stands, and they're not wearing masks. So they start out masked if they have to when they come in, and then they're not wearing them. Now, to, to be entirely fair, that's 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 not accurate as of the latest uh, sign that they showed fans in the crowd. They were all they were all behaving, and security has been very uh, strict in, in making sure that people are adhering to the stand, to the uh, practice. Well, the talent this week in the first right around the ring wasn't masked. Well, the talent are all are all thoroughly tested. And, and we know that with test, the testing is only 60% accurate. But Jenny, the, and... the, the, the talent are performing on the show. You know, that's I, I feel like it's a different thing. And, and they're far away from the other fans. Austin Gunn's not performing on the show. There is only Austin Gunn. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that you know, they're not going to have any metric to measure whether this went well or not, because I don't think they're going to follow up with people and say, hey, two weeks later, did you get COVID? Are you showing any signs? Like, what is the bar against which they're measuring this? Because if it's people's willingness to buy tickets and go do stupid stuff, you might as well just sell out the whole arena. There's enough people in Florida that are going to buy. That's not, you don't even need to run the test. You just do it. But if you're being socially responsible, maybe rethink this because the effects don't show for two weeks after. 
And by that time, I would assume the decision would already be made like last show. This went good. Now we're going to move forward as if everything's great. Yeah, well, you know, I, it, they're doing it. So, I, you know, I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't I don't have strong negative feelings about it. That's for sure. And, and maybe that's just because, like, I feel like it's just been, like, slowly sliding this way societally for months anyway. So. We all decided we were tired of a pandemic, so it must not be true. I mean, I'm tired of a pandemic. That's why I'm infuriated by this shit. Because I would like to, one day, be able to live this goddamn house. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Join the Thunderdome. Here on a here on <laughs> Sunday. Uh... <laughs> For Beckon and for Jenny, my name's Andy. You've been listening to the Elite Beat. He, Elite Beat. He, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>